Coming up on The Cody Willard Show, should we judge Trump by the company he keeps? Gerald Salenti joins Cody to talk about when will the next crash come. Plus, they'll talk gold and Bitcoin. And sports with Ross the Boss. The Cody Willard Show is brought to you by TradingWithCody.com. show i am indeed the eponymous cody willard um i am thrilled to bring on actually our first ever guest here on the cody willard show episode nine um a good friend um excellent economist uh forecast extraordinaire forecaster extraordinaire gerald salente thanks for joining me ah oh, what a privilege it is to be on with you I, I've always enjoyed back in the old days. It was the best show I'd ever been on. And, and now I'm on the next best one I've ever been on. So <laughs> thank you for having me. This one might be even better if we can pull it off together, Gerald. Um, we, I, I, I'm sure like you, though, I miss Rebecca, uh, Rebecca Diamond. I'm going to have to have her on as a guest. And maybe I'll have the, all three of us on at the same time. So you guys always had such great chemistry when you and I would be uh, debating econ- economics and she would cut in with... So a, a great question or two for us too. So, but at any rate, Gerald, you know, I I just want to get the news of the day out of the way real quick. Manafort, Cohen, Trump associates, guilty, pleading guilty, found guilty, all in the span of about an hour yesterday afternoon. Markets haven't budged about it at all. That's what's your takeaway? Is are we should we be concerned about the president himself being uh, open to prosecution or something? It's not going to affect the markets. Uh, it has nothing to do with it, and that's what the that's what the mainstream media keeps doing each day. They keep putting out a story, uh, whether it's on tariffs or trade or North Korea, or whatever. That's not moving the markets. The markets are moving for other reasons. And it's earnings, cheap money, and tax cuts. That's about it, you know. So, targeted, uh, tax, yeah. targeted tax cuts, of course. It's not across the board. Only the really rich and the corporations got the tax cuts. I think my tax might be up, the taxes might be up this year. Well, actually, according to the Tax Policy Center, 82% of the cuts went to that lovely 1%. The rest of us got peanuts. And when you look at the real inflation rate and earnings, you know, what people are making, everything is down. But going back to, no, this isn't going to make a difference to the markets at all. Uh, and, and, you know, what gets me about it is how all these Democrats want to get rid of Trump. And, you know, I'm like you. I'm a political atheist. I don't believe in any of this stuff. I don't take sides on any of it. They don't represent me. The Democrats and the Republicans, to me, they're the bloods and the crips, murderers and thieves. So, you We're know, anybody... You know, I'm, not, I'm not making that up. I mean, on, on the thief end, how about making something up called too big to fail? You know, it's, a, it's anathema to, to capitalism and capitalism is no such thing. It's the merger of state and corporate powers when you have too big to fail. That's called fascism. And as is far that not as what we're doing now under Trump, too, with too big, too farming to fail or something? I mean, we got bailouts for farmers. We've got. Uh, yeah, but I, on that note, you know, I just wanted to hit it's. When I you mentioned before we got on there that you had read something I wrote yesterday on trading with Cody about how I'm equally disdainful towards both Trump and Obama, and you said you're base you are in the same camp. But I got a lot of 
angry responses from both Trump lovers and from Obama lovers saying, how dare I put that one in the camp of the other one? But whether, you know, the wars are still going on. We're st the country, our country is still bombing children in the Middle East on a daily basis. Guantanamo is still open. Whether it was Obama or Trump, these things are still happening. Bailouts, every emergency measure under for the Federal Reserve that was created in that too-big-to-fail environment that you mentioned, still in existence. What, what is the difference, Gerald? Between well, Republicans said, and Democrats. And the Bloods and the Crips, you know, they're murderers and thieves. You just got through with the murder part. I just got back from D.C. I was a speaker at Ron Paul's Peace and Prosperity Conference. You know, and, and it's about anti-war, you know, honor the founding fathers, no foreign entanglements. So going back to it, there's really no difference between either of them. Matter of fact, as I was mentioning, you know, the Democrats can't wait to get rid of Trump. Oh, so they could bring in Pence. Wouldn't that be lovely? I mean, what a cat he is, you know. He'll make you really great again. And, and again, you look at the Democrats and the hypocrisy. They just voted, what, Trump's big budget. Uh, for the defense, $716 billion. 41 Democratic senators voted for it, seven voted against it. 139 in the House of Representatives voted for it, only 49 voted against it. So there is no difference. It's only a different style. And what the reason I like Trump so much more than any of the other ones is that he shows what a freak show it is. Obama was able to look into the camera with that arrogant attitude of his and folks folks and i'm doing this folks i'm gonna close guantanamo first day in office folks yeah you, about, folks. you know gerald on that note you know I, it drives me crazy that any again it's the hypocrisy of a democrat slash liberal which i'm not republican or conservative i they're all hypocrites but when it when a democrat or liberal will somehow try to rationalize Obamacare and say, hey, at least Obama did something for the poor. No, Obamacare was a trillion dollar giveaway to, giveaway to giant corporations. Every healthcare company that helped write that bill is up 500 or 1,000 percent in the last ten, eight, nine years since they passed Obamacare. That was not for the poor. The bill itself was written by the corporations that profiteered on it. Yeah. And it's the same thing when they see talk about, you know, Trump and how about Obama's Libyan war? Wasn't that a beautiful one? How about Assad has to go? You know, one after another it killed 4000 innocent people with drone strikes and quoted in the book, double down, quote, I'm really good at killing people. So, again, the hypocrisy going back to the, what, what happened with Cohen and Manafort, the the uh, are you going to have? Wouldn't that be great to get rid of Trump and then you could bring in Pence? I mean, geez. So, you know. Gerald, this underscores what you and I are actually trying to get to here, and that is the ec the economy and the stock market itself. And what would cause a crash? People are delusional, whether you're liberal and you think Democrats are on your side, or whether you're conservative and you think Republicans are on your side, or whether you think that the economy is sustainable at this rate. But then again... I don't think it's going to crash or go tomorrow. I'm not. I'm always on the lookout for the next crash. But at this point, is it still bubble blowing bull market territory? What changes this economy and market? What's the catalyst, Gerald? I, I think it has to be a wild card event. I'm in the same camp as you. You know, we're hearing all these people coming out saying it's going to crash in 2020, going to crash in 2020. And, and it's too many people are saying it for that kind of thing to happen usually. 
but that doesn't mean it won't. But I, I believe it's going to be a wild card event. And the wild card event that I believe is going to be oil prices. And go back to the last recession and the one before, oil prices spike just before the crash happens or, or the, the big market decline. And with Trump's Iranian policy and the hatred that America is selling toward Iran and the coalition of the killing that is the Saudis, the Israelis, and the United States going after Iran, if there, any kind of violence breaks out against Iran, watch oil prices spike to the $100 a barrel mark. Something like that, Cody, I believe will crash the markets around the world, and here's why, among other reasons. Or petrodollars, oil's based in dollars. You take a place like uh, India, where they get 80% of their energy is imported. Where is the rupee now? Oh, it's down over 7% against the dollar this year. Ah, and how about all those other emerging market currencies that are crashing? Where they got the Turkish uh, inflation rate now is what, 101%? Take a trip to, to Argentina, you know, go around the world, South Africa, look at the emerging market currencies. So dollar-based. So something like oil could really crash the markets because, as we know, the markets in the United States are being pumped up by cheap money. You're looking at a trillion dollars, according to the Goldman Sachs gang, of stock buybacks for 2018. Uh, and, and, and that's because of Trump's tax cuts that allowed them to repatriate all that money overseas and most of it's going, and, and of course, the tax cuts. Well, and Gerald, are, of course, it's also based on what Obama did with his tax policies and the 0% interest rates under every administration over the last 12, 13 years. It's all sort of a, a, a manipulated economy at this stage. People can call it uh, mixed economy or something, but it is so controlled, very much socialist, very much towards the path of fascism as you, as you and I define it, which is the original definition that government and business get married, get in the same business together. They are no longer uh, separate entities and or separated. And go, to, let's take this then away from the markets and necessarily, hey, when we don't know when it's going to crash. I do expect me, there will be another just, crash let, let at just least one or two up. in my lifetime. Gerald, what about gold? What's well, your take me, on gold? Is that the one place that you think we need to keep buying real estate, gold? What are your places that you would maybe buy somewhere? Put some well, it, it ties down. into it. And again, what will crash the markets? What brought the markets into correction territory back in February? Aggressive interest rate hikes. Let's tie it all together. Aggressive interest rate hikes stronger dollar, got to pay more for all the commodities based in dollars. The markets, as you pointed out, they've been artificially blown up with things that they never taught us in, in economics 101 or graduate school. And that is zero interest rate policy, negative interest rate policy in other countries around the world, and also quantitative easing. Never heard these words before. So as you pointed out, it's been going on since Obama, or actually on the bush with the bailouts that began and, and continuing. So what will bring the markets down? The same thing that's bringing gold prices down, higher interest rates. The stronger the dollar gets, the weaker gold gets. Our forecast, Cody, is that, and I don't give financial advice, 
Only speaking for myself, first I'll say the forecast. We believe gold is at the bottom, primarily because mining companies have stopped putting money into it right now. They're not making any dough. It costs on average about $1,200 an ounce to pull gold out of the ground. What's gold selling for now? Around $1,200. It went down a little lower into the 1180s. We believe it's at the bottom. I began my career as a trend forecaster. I was a chief government affairs specialist for the chemical industry back in, <laughs> oh yeah, back in the, that's Don't why admit I admit to that, Gerald. Yeah, there's a photo there of me and Ronald Reagan, uh, 1976, two days Shame before he's announcing, announcing that he's running for office. Anyway, I'd been in DC enough and I'd been around long enough. When Jimmy Carter came back from Iran and said the Shah was the island of stability in the Middle East, that's when I became a political atheist. I knew the thing was going to collapse. And I started trading gold and oil futures. And I did a $5,000 bet and I made almost three quarters of a million dollars. And that's when I quit my job. And, but I also, I, I lost most of it too. I'm a young <laughs> guy, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. But anyway, if I was gambling now, I'd be buying gold futures. I believe gold is at the bottom. I'm not giving financial advice, but to me, that's the bet. Gerald, I don't like the idea of buying gold futures. I, I am an advocate of buying outright bullion and co especially coins. That and then you though, I've had coins stolen from me. So it's I, there is no perfect solution. But if there is another major economic financial crisis, those too big to fail banks that are going to be begging the government for bailouts again are not going to honor your gold futures contract. Oh no, no, I'm just talking about gambling. That's all I was just talking about in that end. You know, if you're a gambler, you're playing the markets, that's something you might want to consider. Look, time I've been frame buying on that. I've been time buying on that gamble. What? What's your time frame for that for the gold futures gamble? If if, oh, if it's a shorter going, time frame, I'm I'm fully on board. I'd be going out as I'd be going out and buying the farthest futures I could buy. Whatever that oh. is. And, but but on the other angle, I've been buying gold gold coins and gold, you know, you know, bars since 1978. So I'm a firm believer of buying gold. And so I, I buy the physical as well. And then again, in other ways that I can't do it in my IRA, you know, I buy GLDs because of my retirement account and that's the only way I could buy it. So I buy it like that too. See, and I, I, I personally do occasionally trade the GLD. I think gold is also in the bottom of even a short-term trend. I wrote about this on Trade with Cody recently. I would be buying the GLD at, if only for a trade, but I don't like the GLD for a long-term IRA holding, again, because I think when that next financial market crisis happens and the banks have, and the, and the markets crash, gold's going through the roof, and I want my GLD redeemed. I just don't, I don't trust the next financial crisis. I've seen how the banks didn't honor their contracts and then went and got the government to take care of them the last time. Last topic for you, Gerald, Bitcoin. If you can talk a little Bitcoin-ish, cryptocurrency, not necessarily just Bitcoin, but is there a future for crypto anti-fiat currencies, as I might call it? Yes, we believe there is. And one of the reasons why is that the world is going cashless. When you, and people aren't tied to their coin of the realm as they used to be. No greater example than in China.
People aren't using cash or credit cards. It's an app. So there's nothing there. And the reason why Bitcoin really took off was because of the alternative fiat currency, which brought it down mostly or government actions to stop, this, stop it from happening. Here's what we're looking at. When you, when you see the majors getting into it, again, whether it's Goldman Sachs and others that are setting up trading desks and doing different things in cryptocurrencies, we believe it's going to stay when the establishment keeps getting into it. So does it have a, more of a downturn? I don't know. You know I do don't you own it. any cryptocurrencies at this yes. point? Yeah. Yes. I've owned, I've owned Bitcoin, believe it or not, for five years since $100 or so. I've been selling it. I sold a bunch when it was in above tens of thousands, when it was oh. into the t thousands of dollars. I even wrote a book, believe it or not, that was published the day that Bitcoin hit 20,000 bucks. My book was published called The Great Cryptocurrency Crash. And I've been predicting that. But I also believe that there is a future for, for cryptocurrencies because if you're in Argentina, or Turkey, your, your currency is crashing constantly. Every developing nation is constantly struggling and they, to maintain value of their fiat government-issued currency. And if you live in any of those countries, you'll always trade your dinar for a dollar. And Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, that concept gives you an, a, an alternative to that what, do, do you just buy a basket of them at this point or, or do you continue to buy them as they go down? I'm, I, I've actually just started nibbling some alternative currencies uh, besides Bitcoin in the last couple, three months, uh, Gerald. And so I do believe there's some out there I want to start bidding. At the same time, I expect they're probably going to go down another 50 or 90 percent and I'll be buying a little bit more all the way down. What's your take on actually buying them at this stage? Well, you know, I don't know. I, I couldn't give a recommendation on it, but I agree with you and what you're saying. Again, before we were talking about the emerging market currencies, look what's going on in Venezuela. Oh, that new currency, by the way, they just came out with, what do they call it, the Petro? It's a crypto. <laughs> they just got rid of their uh, boulevards. You know, they're in real trouble over there. But if you're living in, in Venezuela and you can't afford gold or anything else, are you going to buy a crypto? Or hold on to the or hold on to the worthless currencies. Look, there's a crisis going on. You mentioned in Argentina, where they have a 45 percent interest rate. I mean, that's 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 off the charts. Again, look what's going on in Turkey, Indonesia, India. Name the country. Watch your currencies decline. So yes, I believe there's a future in it. What to buy? I don't know. And again, going back to gold, I believe in holding gold as well you know, the solid metal. I only yeah. do the ETFs because I'm an older cat and I got to put it into a retirement account. So I got to put the money into that so I don't, I don't get in taxed to death. And Gerald, that's, that is a great point, right? I mean, there are always these tax games that the government has created that you and I have to jump through the hoops. And it's yet another underscoring point of how there's an underlying demand for an alternative to... A, a monopolistic government issued currency like we have in this country and most every other citizen of this planet has to deal with. Last word, Gerald. I have a solution on how to change it and it ties into cryptocurrencies. Blockchain democracy. Let's vote online. We're going to polling places. I mean, grow up. There was this 1870s. 
I mean, what are we doing that for? We could, we could vote online. You got blockchain, it's blocked. It's better than hanging chads. It's better than the BS crap that we have to put up with every time we go voting. If you guys, but Gerald, it's so easy Wait, to go in and pull one of the levers. I'm liberal. I better pull the Democrat lever. Well, I'm conservative. What? I'll pull the Republican lever. I did my job. I'm a good citizen of this country. I'm a good patriot. So with blockchain democracy, we the people vote on the major issues like they do in Switzerland. Haven't been in a war there since the 1850s. One of the richest countries in the world. Direct democracy. People vote. Little Paulie Ryan, Lindsay, did you come out of the closet yet? Graham, Nancy, uh, out of her mind, Pelosi, Diane, not so Feinstein, little Chucky Schumer, don't represent me. I want direct democracy. Oh, the people are so stupid. How about the jerks that are running Congress? Are they dumber than you are? Direct democracy, blockchain democracy, the 21st century system for individual and state freedom. We, the people, tell the little boys and girls what to do rather than them telling us what to do. Spoken like a true millennial. Oh, wait. I, I, just a total honor and thrill to have you on with me. Uh, uh, the Cody Willard Show, thank you. Thanks. Gerald Salente, so much for joining us as our inaugural guest. I'm going to have to ask and beg him to come back much more often. Thanks so much, Gerald. We'll be right back, folks. A former CNBC and Fox News anchor, hedge fund manager, and the go-to stock market guest for The Tonight Show, Cody Willard and his stock analysis have been published in the Financial Times, The Wall Street Journal, Fortune Magazine, and many other places. Want to follow his secrets to investment success? Go to tradingwithcody.com. There you can get analysis on stocks, cryptos, markets, and the economy. A full list of Cody's positions. Access to Cody's chat room. Trade alerts every time Cody buys or sells. And much more. To find out more, go to tradingwithcody.com. Gosh, Darlene, it sure is amazing how much we have in common. I know, Larry. We both love three-car pileups. We both were built in Buffalo. And we both know wearing safety belts help save thousands of lives. Yeah, this is fascinating. Don't mind Vince. He's getting over a bad breakup. I know. Janet's picking up the pieces, too. They're in here. I wish they understood it's all worth it to get people to buckle up. Hey, lacerated lovebirds, I sense a major crush. You could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your safety belt. Talk about head over heels. When friends don't stop friends from drinking and driving. Friends die from drinking and driving. Friends die from drinking and... Friends don't let friends drive drunk. No matter where you turn, the news is slanted left or right. That's why people are watching The Cody Willard Show. How can we create nonpartisan news using technology? He's an independent, free thinker. We tend poor people are on welfare when it's the rich people and the giant corporations that are using welfare. Whether it's investing or politics, 
He's trying to be objective. The Cody Willard Show. Watch the show online and download the podcast. Welcome back, folks. It is time to introduce my main man. I hope he is in the house, trusting the technology, the internet, my executive producers. Ross the Boss. Hi, I'm Ross the Boss, and I want to talk sports with you, cowboy. Welcome. Beautiful Wednesday, August, third week of August. We got football going on. Raider fan, listen to me. We're building you a stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, Raider fan. $1.8 billion. You know what we're adding to that stadium? A jail and a courthouse. You know why? Because you can't control your alcohol. You, you're belligerent. You get violent when your team's losing. So we're building you a, a jail inside the stadium. Can you imagine calling your wife and saying, I'm in jail in Vegas at the at the stadium of the Oakland Raiders, of the using the Las, Las Vegas Raiders? I mean, it's unbelievable. Inside their stadium. This is a first, Cody, the first ever of uh, it sounds. Of, it sounds like a good Seinfeld episode. Do you remember the episode? Didn't didn't Seinfeld or someone get arrested for urinating in a parking structure yes. or something? And yes. they had a jail in, in the mall. In the mall. That's it. It's so this is just more of the same. The more things change, the more they stay the same. That's great, Ross. Ross, so, the boss. The, the Raiders. I mean, congratulations. You know, the shoe fits. Wear it. You know, you can't control yourself. I know I'm a Bengal fan. I like Cincinnati, but I won't wear a jersey at a Raider game if they're playing the Raiders. I'm afraid of my own safety. So there you go. It's the truth's out there. Talking about football, the new helmet rule, they've been calling penalties like crazy in preseason. Richard Sherman went out on Twitter and said, listen, this is changing the game. I can't do my job. I can't hit people anymore. You try going full speed and not hitting somebody with your helmet. It's impossible. And he's right. He's right. Oh. Belichick, Belichick actually went on the radio yesterday and says he showed his players 25 different videos of penalties of using your helmet. This is what you can too. He actually says, yeah, we can we can probably do these rules. But you know what? My 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 opinion, being an ex-football player, I don't think they can play football without using your helmet. You know, Tom what I Brady mean? should go over to Richard Sherman or at least tweet him and say, You mad, bro? <laughs> talking about preseason you know it's impossible to predict preseason players aren't playing Todd Gurley hasn't suited up for one game yet you know Goff the quarterback for the Rams he hasn't suited up for one game yet it's been like none of the players play the the coach of the Rams said listen I might not play any of my star players until the season starts is that good well they might be rusty I don't know is it bad? They might get hurt. It's a great question. It's a great debate. I don't have an answer on that because I do. these guys Ross, are going to feed in a game. The answer is kill preseason. It's a, it, it, it is a terrible idea. You can't keep – one Kansas City had like six players get injured in one game. Preseason. There are millions, tens of millions of dollars on the line for many of those individual knees. I agree, but there's people like Baker Mayfield – that are rookies in the league Tough. that want to prove 
Phelps that want to get a, a winner that want to start a that want to get a winning job. They want to get a job. They, so they, what? They, Kurt they Warner had to wait. Kurt Warner had to box, box bag groceries and wait for four injuries at the right time in the wrong place to get his shot. Sorry, t- Baker Mayfield. You don't get yeah, preseason because you're Cody, risking 35-year-old quarterback needs. Yeah, but there's, there's – let's say Baltimore. There's three quarterbacks in Baltimore. There's Lamar Jackson, Heisman, Tro- Heisman Trophy winner. You got – you got uh, RG, you got RG, you, you got Griffin. Um and you also got Joe Flacco. All three uh, quarterbacks uh, fighting for that job. And the only way to prove it is, is in preseason. So I agree with you. I don't like preseason, but then I disagree because I think it's important that people can kind of earn their winning spot on a team. You, you know what I mean? It's it's a place where they can go and, you know, and try to win a job. So, you know, I, I'm kind of torn on it, but it's boring to watch. I stopped watching preseason football. I'm done with it. I'm no longer watching preseason. I turned it off. I didn't about- like watching it because it made it feel like it was autumn. It's still summertime. <laughs> I don't want. I don't. I'm not in a rush to get to the fall. Ross, last doing? topic. What do you got? Last topic. College football preseason polls came out yesterday. Alabama one, Clemson two, Georgia, Wisconsin, um, the, and then Ohio State. Um, you know, well, no, that's shocking. I don't like the preseason polls. I think it's a waste of time. We haven't seen these teams play yet. All of a sudden, there's preseason polls. These are these are the top five teams in the country. This is this is this reputation. Just put Notre Dame, put Michigan, put all the teams that are regularly in the in this pool, and and just 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 pick them out of a hat. It doesn't matter. Alabama will always be number one in the next ten years, starting the season. There's no way they'll be number two. My number one team right now is Clemson. They have a lot of returners coming back. Remember, Bama lost twelve players in the NFL. I don't know. I mean, they'll be good. I don't know if they're as good as Clemson. I got a number one. I got a number one pick. I can actually pick the number one team for the basketball season. Duke, every year. It's either Duke or Kentucky. He's going to be number one ranked. I mean, it's the same thing, right? It's such a waste of time, ink. I don't want to see the headline. So I, I don't don't pay attention to preseason polls. The throw it away. Football season starts in two weeks in college football. There's some great games. Auburn, Michigan. There's Auburn's playing Washington. There's some great games going on. Um, I'm excited about college football. We'll talk more when we have more time. I'm Ross the Boss, and I love talking sports with you, Cowboy. <laughs> Thanks, Ross buddy. the boss in the house as always. I got to flip forward to my next page. I folded the sheets. Let's do some Q and A. Hey, let's do some Q and A, Cody from Chris the McEwen in the house. Whoa, hey, how's it going? Hi, Chris. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, Cody. Cody, if you were to put all your eggs into an investing basket, say for the next three to five years, what stocks would they be and why? I would go find some marijuana, marijuana penny stocks. Do not ever buy penny stocks. That was, uh, there's an actual PSA. We ran a couple of public service announcements as commercials while we were pulling up Ross on the commercial break. Um, and uh, there's your actual public service announcement. Do not ever buy penny stocks. I know one of my viewers actually wrote me about one recently, and I told him it's a total scam. He said he put 50 bucks into it. I said, you're going to lose it. And he will. Uh, Cody, if I was to put stocks in a basket for the next three to five years, here's how you do it. Number one, before you make any trade, step back and catch your breath. Rank your positions individually and your whole portfolio and make sure you're not about to make any emotional moves. You don't want to be greedy and you don't want to be fearful. If you have not yet read my number one best-selling Amazon book, 
Amazon bestseller, everything you need to know about investing. Go to tradingwithcody.com. You can put your email address in there. I'll send you a free PDF copy of it. Do so. It's only a couple hours to read it. It's Q&A format. Some good stuff in there that any retail, especially a new investor who's looking for something for the next three to five years, should learn. Then, by the way, you can go to tradingwithcody.com, find my own latest positions. I rank all of my positions on a scale of one to 10. 10 being perfect, sell the farm, there's no such thing. Zero, one being, oh no, this thing's going bankrupt. I wish I could sell it, but I can't. Never had one of those. Uh, at any rate, be careful out there. That is your answer. You have to slowly but surely find some stocks. I, I, I can't just throw you a name or two. Apple. Eh, that's probably a good stock. I've owned it since it was at a dollar per share. Next, Chris. All right, Cody. Many stocks, mostly China-related, have been taken down hard with all the tariffs. And trade talk, are there any that you would consider for a trade or investment? Best stock picks in China? Number one, I always tell people it's hard enough to trust the companies who report the earnings that you invest in here in the United States. It's hard enough to trust the regulators in the United States, but then to trust that in a communist country in China, probably not a good idea. I do not buy Chinese stocks very often. I don't own any at this particular moment. If I were to buy a Chinese stock, it would be Baidu or Tencent. I've said that for 10 years, five years, however long they've been public. Still like those two, but I do not personally invest in Chinese stocks because I don't trust their numbers. I don't trust the regulators. I don't trust their structure, their system, or anything. Chris. Whew. All right, Cody. Everybody's happy. Guests are happy. Chat room's happy. We got a show, baby. That was great. I got to thank Gerald Salente again. I got to thank Ross the Boss. I got to thank Chris McHugh. Peace, love, and happiness, people. Oh.